So today we're really excited because we have a very special guest on the podcast, Mr. Anthony Smith, and he is the VP of Published Content and Growth at Nationswell, in addition to being a very good friend of both mine and Jamie's. And I worked with a one Anthony Smith for a little bit longer than a very hard year. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like that that's it's a year in time for sure, but you were like I would get home and I would call you and it would be like weekends and like we'd be talking. Oh my gosh, phone. we talked so literally much. always. No, 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 no. So it was so like, much that I had like deep withdrawal. You you were at I know you were at that at that point and and in many ways still, but certainly at that point like the most important relationship in my life. <laughs> Um, so I don't know. So so I I guess I I, I feel really lucky to be uh, in in good hands uh, as story subject in, in addition to just like coworker. Yeah. Um. Well, we're really excited to have you. Yeah. Um, very Jamie's excited. been on been, a mini I've campaign. Pushing, <laughs> I've, been, I've been pushing the the like let's get Tony campaign for quite a while. Um, I would just follow up with Kendall after we like record an episode. Like, oh, are we getting Tony? Are we but getting Tony? Anthony's been hard to pin down. Books. Books. I'm, I'm very. What can I say? <laughs> He's very popular. Um, it's not that I'm popular. It's that I sleep early. So, um, <laughs> so and then it's fair. it's dark out. Yeah. Like it's it's a little past seven, but it is pitch black out. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, I'm I'm no, I'm, in all seriousness, I'm like I'm super happy to be here, Jamie. I like I think the world of you. Your you. um, your your into modern love is one of my like favorite favorite things Thank the new so york much. times has printed and and and, oh and I, I don't know i, That's I so just sweet. yeah i'm i'm totally fanboying right now <laughs> like, give am, a toast well. anthony give a toast yeah there's there's literally there's like a there's for those of you who are <laughs> listening like a, a, to paint the scene there is a like just a little bit of water left in this Dasani bottle so there's absolutely nothing to give a toast with um, in, the, in the like my frozen my bottle that I pop in the freezer every day. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so we've got the bare essentials. Yeah. But like anyone who's superstitious would be like, I mean, all of this is. If luck. anyone yeah. wanted more beverage, all they would have to do is a little ask me, oh! and I'll just go over to my little kitchen. <laughs> no, I'm, no, it's okay. I did have a glass of water. I don't know where it is. It's fine. We'll figure it. Okay. I'll, well, we'll if get you're feeling post. parched, well now, <laughs> yeah, now we'll I want it. asparagus. We'll get it. I didn't. No, it's not it's, asparagus. It's green They're green. Oh, it's beans. green beans. It's oh. green beans. Excuse me. Kendall made really delicious green beans. Um, you know, I was just snacking on them. And so. and, and when when I was Thought about I to share. eat, yeah, when I was about to eat them, she told me uh, the herbs that she made it with, both as humble brag and as allergy <laughs> warning, and I was. Like, Might have been so humble helpful. brag cloaked in allergy. <laughs> it's it's a little it's a little of both. It's like if like if like a red restaurant were like, be careful if you're allergic to the finest caviar. Yeah, exactly. So more or less sophisticated palates have a reaction. Okay. No, totally, well, totally, totally. I'm yeah. already crying. So. <laughs> so we're off to a good start. We're off yeah, to a good yeah, start. Yeah. Work it, make it, do it Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger Work it, harder, make it, better, do it Faster, makes us stronger More than ever, faster, can only make me Congrats on the 20,000, you guys, really Congratulations. So our game that we play every week, um, it's really not that fun. So it's not really that good mm -hmm. of a game, is sure. 
um, rate, say, your, say rate, your, rate your pain on a scale of sure of zero to 10 10 being the worst pain you're basically dead one mm-hmm. which is a way to also go like how is your week kind of yeah thing. yeah pain can be sure. pain pain is all um based mm-hmm. on the beholder of said pain mm-hmm. so you can interpret it as you wish so in terms of one to ten right ten being the most painful yes yeah so in terms of how we traditionally think about pain, um, I'd say that um, my hemophilia, I'm a hemophiliac. Hello, everyone. That's me coming out of uh, that closet a little bit. I, um, I'd say that my hemophilia isn't the thing that's causing me the most physical pain right now. That's that's my GERD. Um, my stomach is like mm. mostly acid. My um, the sphincter that's at like the top of, or like the bottom of my esophagus won't like keep it in. So as a result, I'm in a constant state of like heartburn, and also my body is like you're about to throw up because of where that acid is. So like that's definitely it's an extremely common thing. I'm sure that like of the people that are listening, like forty percent of you are like, oh, I have GERD too. Um, but I'd say that like mostly my, 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 my biggest, the thing that causes me the most physical pain is, is, is my, is my GERD. And it's pretty, it's pretty uncomfortable. It hums at like a dull four out of 10, um, mm. at all times at its highest. You take an antacid. Uh, I, I do. I, I take, um, I take prescription strength Prilosec, mm. um, but my uh, insurance, re- which my insurance is, is very, very good as far as insurance goes. My company treats us extremely, extremely well as far as like our, our healthcare benefits go. But um, they recently, um, about uh, two months ago, stopped paying for it. Um, and good that it's like, it's the kind of thing where like I, I'm in a position in my life where like I'll pay for it out of pocket mm. rather than get on the phone and like talk to the and try to fight them. Like that's right. I'll gladly like pay the little bit extra to do it out of pocket. But like if this were a life threatening illness, just like I, th- this would be so absolutely entirely fucking unacceptable and stressful. Right. Um, yeah. And so without without going too far down this tangent, I'd say that like in our conversation about healthcare, we talk about insured versus uninsured. What's way trickier to quantify is people that are insured whom insurance isn't there for. And I wish that there were a way to like measure and record those oh, horror totally stories. Yeah, be- yeah, because I, I'm I'm absolutely one of those. Um, it's not we do have a crisis of people being uninsured of this in this country. What the the crisis that's even bigger and even sort of more perverse is the crisis of people that are insured who are being failed by our right. insurance companies. Right. But I digress. Um, people use this term underinsured, which doesn't really that doesn't yeah. feel that doesn't right. That doesn't really totally. cover it. I, like it, it, it's I'm. I would say that as far as like someone, ca- like I don't necessarily know that I have a quote unquote like Cadillac insurance plan by any means. But like my on paper, this is really really good insurance, and I pay into it, and it's like it looks. It looks, if you just looked at it, it would, it would be the, the best insurance that money can buy. And in a lot of ways, I'm happy that like this is not a life threatening disease at this point. It's a pretty, it's uncomfortable, but like I can only imagine what this would be like if it were for, um, a life threatening disease that I have to like, uh, get medicated constantly for bureaucrats in an insurance company to sort of unilaterally right. decide that the $30 a month that they pay for my medications is part of some bigger multi-million if not you know like multi-million dollar cost saving measure month to month but i digress i'd like to talk about um a different kind of pain which is um the pain that i feel um 
from my hemophilia, which is um, in terms of like physical pain, hemophilia is not always a painful disease. It's, I would say that like zero out of 10 for physical pain, right? Um, but um, my life is different as a result of my diagnosis. And it, um, it, it affects just like a number of things, everything from like um, what I'm thinking on like while I work out or if I don't work out um, about like whether or not like something will hurt me and cause me to bleed to like, I mean, even something as like fundamental as like sex, right? Uh, hemophilia is a bleeding disorder. You are cautioned to do things uh, to avoid bleeding. And I am, I'm a queer man. Um, and as a result of that, there's, uh, I won't spell it out for you too, 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 too much, but there, there's, there's one activity that's like a little, not a little bit off the table, but, um, there are ways that, to do it safely, but so much of sex and the enjoyment of sex is psychological, right? And when you are thinking, if this goes wrong, I'm going to bleed. It's going to be awful. It's going to be gross. I'm going to die. Maybe, probably not, but like maybe all these anxieties that, that come as a result of it. It's, um, it's tough to know. It, 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 it's when you're thinking about, you know, all of these things that might happen as, as a result of the fact that you, um, your, your blood takes longer to clot than it does for more people. I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a disease that's completely, um, I don't feel the pain of it um, on a day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month basis, but it's completely changed the landscape There's of like what's a constant possible. Of how you live. 100%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's something that's kind of, always, it's always going to impact your life, mm-hmm. but it, you don't feel it necessarily in a physical way every day. Mm-hmm. Um, what, how has that kind of, like, I mean, I think when when I look at my experiences, mm-hmm. the question in my head is like, am I okay? Am I okay? Am yeah. I okay? And that question I could ask myself, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times throughout the day, especially in periods of, you know, mm-hmm. certain, you know, uncertainty. Like, is this something that is constantly a question in the back of your head? How does it manifest um, in like affecting your mental health? Sure. Um, um- I'd say I, I I talked earlier about sex. This isn't just sex in this answer. I'd say that I have to say no to things that I'd like to say yes to, that I used to say yes to with um, abandon before uh, my diagnosis. And um, I don't know, if, if you buy that so much of our identity is predicated on our, the choices that we're making or, or, or not making, then what does it mean to sort of lose that agency, right? What does it mean to be in this version of your life that uh, is, uh, you can't specifically say how it's different, um, but you just know on a fundamental level that it is. You know on a fundamental level that you've you've been in relationships, right? That after um, three years of like not being able to provide something in the bedroom, that's not the only reason why maybe you broke up, but it certainly is one of the things that you heard um, throughout the relationship was something you couldn't deliver. 
um, and was something that the other person wanted. And no matter how many ways you tried to make it work, that was, um, I, I call it the, uh, the, 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 like the dull hum of like, uh, destruction underneath everything like that that was that was one of the things that always meant that you were cruising steadily towards a brick wall um i'd say that uh when friends go to the gym or go on a run or play like baseball or softball i grew, i grew if you go to uh the house i, I grew up in or or i guess my parents house like i like i've got baseball trophies now the reality is that like the ball hits me the wrong way and that could be like that could be life threatening for me um, there are um, a less depressing way of talking about this, I suppose. Um, before puberty, I had this really, really incredible singing voice. And then puberty hit, and like so many men, my voice, young men, my my voice dropped. Um, I lost that range. Um, and it was like um, it was like a sports injury, right? Like like an athlete that takes a beating, like can no longer do the thing that like they predicated their entire identity on. Except my diagnosis came when I was nineteen, and it's just so 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 many things. Um, but it's also I don't um, I don't present as um, uh, sick necessarily. Um, so I don't think that like people necessarily read it that way. And I don't necessarily think that people like know that there is a space to be delicate around or like, like tiptoe around. And so, uh, and I also don't, I'm not necessarily an expert in like talking about it in situations and still having those situations be or feel sexy or smooth just because like I, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't like a little embarrassed about it. Um, and um and i don't know and and as a result i just i i there are there are things i can't do that i want to do that i would be doing if i didn't have this disease and and um that is a, a fundamental fact of life and it uh it sucks it fucking sucks it fucking sucks um but um i don't know in in a lot of ways i also don't um Maybe I don't give myself as much time to to process it as I should, because I am. Um, there are people that are that are sicker than me, and sometimes I feel like uh, in in talking about it, I'm taking up space from people who are feeling the things that are wrong with their bodies a lot more acutely than I do. Like, like, don't get me wrong. Like, the, 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 my life is profoundly different, but in the relative scale, I don't want to displace other people from having well, this conversation. You know, I think that's that's a really interesting sentiment because I hate using the word privilege because it's sure. so kind of it immediately either turns people one way or another way. Mm -hmm. But I do think that in the scheme of like illness and disability, I, I totally hear that mm -hmm. um feeling. And I think that so informed a lot of how I wouldn't necessarily have ever identified with the term disabled. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's something I've come to terms with over the more recent years of like saying, oh, actually, like when people ask me on an application for a job, like, have you had or do you have a disability? I say yes, mm -hmm. which yeah. is always kind of weird to me because I never no would have. No one would assume that if they and looked at you. No one yeah. ever would yeah. ever assume that if they looked at me. And I don't even know if you asked people who knew me if they Said, oh, right, because it's also a, a word that we've not really landed on a on a mass definition of yet. Right, it's, it's 
super evolving and it means a lot of different things to a lot of different no, people. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. So I get the whole like, where do I fit? 100%. Because like ultimately like it's it's kind of a spectrum, right? Illness, disability. It absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. For people who don't have visible disabilities, mm-hmm. it's an opt-in situation. I, 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 I feel a little bit um, closer to the, the, the ally side of the equation maybe. Um, which maybe is the wrong way of thinking about it. I don't know, but it's it, it's just like there are um, the ally side in terms of disability. In, in, terms, yeah, in, yeah. in terms of like just, I know that I'm not. Um, I'm I know that I have a disease, but ultimately there are um, there are people that cannot in this New York City, the richest city in the country, that cannot uh, get on like mass transportation right, right. as a result of their right. disability, and, and and so like there there are ways that it's like my identifying this way, like I this is this is a way of like centering things around me, and like I, I I don't feel comfortable doing that, but at the same time, like the fact of the matter is there are so many things I want, like I don't I want to get home and like. Like have the life that I had when I was in like elementary, middle school, and even like to the lesser extent high school, where I am just like running around, hitting uh, balls with metal bats, like like just like like doing all like having the the whatever kind of sex I, I want to have, whatever that might look like, where I don't have to think uh, my body is going to betray me and it's going to be uncomfortable and painful and uh, potentially even like l- l- land me in the hospital. Um, and like the reality of that is, um, it doesn't go away because there are people who have different or more seemingly severe challenges. Correct. I, and, and, and in fact, um, as I talk about this now and as like, as, as difficult, but difficult is a good thing. It is for me to talk about this right now. I'm realizing that like part of why I, maybe part of why a, a big part of why that, that feels so real for me is also um, it was convenient for me to like find this reason to like maybe not talk or think about this as explicitly as I should have. Do well, you know what I mean? There's because there's a lot of shame around disability still, mm-hmm. I think, and because of the way in which we look at people who are disabled, like mm-hmm. we have not reckoned with that as a society. I think one hundred percent personally, mm-hmm. and um, I also feel like uh, you know. It is that thing where you're always going to be kind of like asking you, "Am I enough?" Like, mm-hmm. am to I be this in enough? this category? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think another distinction to draw um, when thinking about things like privilege and your position to folks and on this like spectrum of disease mm-hmm. or disability is like there is an actual difference between the way privilege or whatever we're talking about and distinctions play out with illness versus like a marginalized identity, like a queer identity Mm -hmm. or being a person of color, which is like um, when we talk about privileges in those um, scenarios, most of the time what we're talking about is driven by external perception and the way people are treated by the outside world with illness and disability. Yes. There's a large part of it that is that way, is that way, but a, a super large part and, really the driving part for anyone experiencing illness or disability is more about internally, what is your physical experience? How difficult is this for you to manage on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about internal, actual like body symptoms, yeah. w- which, well, which also is also like, what people like, are comparing. Like concrete, concrete hurdles that are, that are not um, from another person or from a system of things. They're mm-hmm. from like, like, 
a, from dysfunction, maybe your, a dysfunction of yourself yourself basically. and then and then to a degree maybe as it gets carried out in the world like your interactions with like a medical system but Based in the context of your experience right so when we're talking mm-hmm. about like comparison we're not just talking about like oh this person has it harder it's super relative and it's super different mm-hmm. and someone with hemophilia for example yeah. can have a really bad day or a really bad fucking year or fucking life and someone who might on paper have something that sounds really bad might have like a, a mild case that like sure. doesn't come up a yeah. lot and that's that distinction is super hard and i'm like, in general i'm for a broad wide umbrella mm-hmm. because i do feel like the more people who are able to claim and feel part of that community sure. um and the more inclusive that community becomes mm-hmm. the more relevant it will seem in people's lives and the more we'll have these conversations that we have not had like mm-hmm. I do think it is the slowest moving progressive movement because people are so afraid to be a part of it. No, totally. Um, and, and and the irony of that is that as as, as activists like Dominic Evans and, and Alice Wong have have said, it's also the um, the only marginalized community that like folks can just suddenly find themselves in right. at yeah, any point not. in their life. Well and you can weave in and out of you it. You can weave yes. in and out. Totally. And it's and it can it can be something that props up, but it's also something that even if you're outside of it, does kind of hang like this potential for every person. Yeah, mm-hmm. Everyone's a every little bit person. scared of becoming you. Totally. And any person <laughs> at any moment can can fall into that but but like the the flip side of that too and and i wish that this was something that we owned as much as we own the fear is that we can be proactive about this right if we like we feel the fear maybe that we can become like like the like people with disabilities that we see but at the same time how we treat them is how we ourselves will be treated if we sure, find ourselves absolutely. in those shoes. Yeah. And I, I just, like, as with everything, with respect to the social safety net, I wish that we, I wish that this, this country has this 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 gospel of, of selfishness, and there are so many things that have their thumb on the scales of that selfishness, for sure. But I just wish that we could really, really own on, like, an atomic level that the way that we treat other people is the way that we ourselves will be treated. There is a right. dissonance there that that um, that is responsible for so many things that are wrong with this country. Um, and it's just like you, you don't have to be afraid. You can simply care about someone else. And that does a lot to mitigate that fear. Absolutely. You're going to run for office? <laughs> Are you announcing on the pod? No, 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 no. Late, late no. jump in. Uh, no, <laughs> 10 years from now, maybe I'll dog catch her. No, but that's a really, really solid point. And I think about this a lot. I mean, with, I said he should run for president. So clearly <laughs> I found it solid. I, 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 I'm born in Manila. So that's off the table. Oh, I'm but so sorry. No, 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 no. Yeah. Arbitrary, Arb- weird. <laughs> maybe it'll. Well, we, will, we will cut that you, out. You were born here. <laughs> <That> is, <laughs> no, I, 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 I was born. No. Like, like, look, I'm, like, honestly, people have probably to cut this but like if ted cruz had won the primary this would likely have been settled by the supreme court by now because he was born in canada right right, like he, was born, he, right. Yeah, he was born in america like, yeah. so, so he's in my boat i've Do you never remember that part of 2016 everyone was like he's not an american why is he even up there yeah wait yeah. what yeah, so yeah ted cruz, ted cruz i didn't was, remember ted cruz this. was born in canada if he won trump was likely going to sue and it was likely going to be settled by the supreme court once and, and then for you could have yeah. potentially no totally and and so that was 
uh, I part of my excitement for Ted Cruz was that, like, <laughs> look, I'm probably never going to run for president in this lifetime, but I'd like the option. Right. right. I'm like on the table. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, That's good. That's really good. Sorry, I totally but, interrupted you. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> um, but just to the point about, like, policy and treating people the way we would ultimately like mm-hmm. to be treated or or opening up the ways in which like people are treated with illness and disability on the chance that you know speaking from the unimagined voice of someone who's not sick like that we do become that someday i think about this all the time with um uh the way we see politicians especially politicians who are first off right wing and even in the left or the center not in favor of um, universal healthcare. Mm-hmm. I see this all the time in the way they talk about it um, because it comes from a total place of just, it's so obvious that they haven't had actually the interactions. Yeah. Well, I with, think, you know, it's, I don't want to cut you off, but okay. go, <laughs> go ahead. I was just, well, I was just going to say like, you you can tell a lot of the time, especially on the, on the right, that people just haven't had the interactions with the healthcare, healthcare system when they go up and talk about policy. I remember a guy in 2016, some like governor in Michigan, um, went viral because he was talking about, or it was governor, like state senator or something, went mm-hmm. viral because he was talking about, um, uh, emergency room visits. And he was saying, you know, it was, it was one of those kind of like, um, waste addressing, you know, to the mm-hmm. crowd kind of things where he said like, well, I think if, if people just didn't, um, you know, take themselves to the emergency room, you know, for every little thing, it wouldn't be such an issue. And the, the example that he trotted out was, you know, my son fell off, um, his bike or something and like thought he had broke his arm or fractured his arm and we didn't go off running the first night. We gave it a little time. And it was like, statements like that just show, how people aren't actually coming from a place of having any information about how mm-hmm. most people interact with the healthcare system. Most people aren't like ERs are not clogged because people are showing up with, you know, sprained wrists or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that happens because it is super easy for people to keep sick people out of mind, mm-hmm. like completely out of their yeah. line of sight and out of mind. So they actually like are just completely misinformed. Well, completely. I think it's also um, what I, I, so I agree with that. I also think that like, We've seen even celebrities like take up the cause, take up the mantle of affordable health care. I remember when Chip was like um, the sure. children's health insurance program was up for um, debate. And I think it was um, not. Oh, my gosh. Like, I cannot think. Was it Jimmy see, Kimmel? Yeah, Kimmel. Thank you. Um, it was Kimmel like fought for it, like talked about it, about his son, because his son, um, I think, had like yeah, heart he has, disease. He has CHD. Yeah. OK, so um, I thought that was really like, oh. Okay, like I get it. So you're gonna be an advocate now that you exactly, have and it's it. and it's super. Oh, sorry, I was just, yeah. go okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say that's super <laughs> weird, and I remember the Kimmel thing happening and feeling a lot of conflicting feelings. Yeah, because it's very true that once you once it affects you, it, you're gonna yeah. care about it, of course. But it's also can be strange. But 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 and 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 off of that fascinating thing about that too was that like. Chip isn't the program that covers his child, right? Chip is for like very like the, yeah, the children right. of yeah. the very right. very poor parents. Right. And obviously, Jimmy Kimmel is very very wealthy. So, like on the one hand, like it's great that he has created this platform. Um, on the other hand, like let's be real about who's affected by this this, <laughs> right. this policy and who is the bargaining chip in this country. But but moreover, too, like the cutoff for uh, where CHIP will kick in for folks is so very, very low. 
and so many more people would benefit from it if it were just right. if it were just a little bit higher and and i guess that's um i don't know at the at the end of the day like we cannot conv- and and this is something that like the trump administration has set us so 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 far back on this is that now the bare minimum like or even below the bare minimum looks like major victories like right. and that sucks because mm-hmm. like there was so much building up for, like the Obama administration, especially their achievements as they pertain to um, healthcare, only make sense as like a first step. Right, um, right. And um, now we like the conversation has completely changed, and now the like strengthening the now age, it's like, about retaining. It, yeah, it's about maintaining, retaining, and it's about which, like that. And that is a victory when it's it's not. This is and it is sucks. and it is a good thing. And like I've, I'm sure we've all personally benefited from it in certain ways. But mm-hmm. like people forget so easily that it was a republican plan 100 to begin with mm-hmm. it was it was like this is we don't well it, it's funny we, we don't have obamacare we have romney care right like, exactly, like yeah. and 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 i'd say that like i i don't know um at the risk of getting too takey like um our generation was the generation that was likely to benefit the least from it because like the the people that benefit the most from the ACA are people that work at like big established companies whose like employers like are above the well above the cutoffs to like have to um like pay like uh, engage in cost sharings for your care but it's like for those of us that like uh, were part of like the gig economy or permalance which like especially the three of us like in trying to make it in media right. like that like really really affects us like we've seen what's on um the the like the market as a yeah. result of the ACA and these are pretty garbage plans garbage. like I, i've got to say i wouldn't it's, it's, i wouldn't take them it's the difference I'm going to cobra yeah. in 2 months it's, so yeah no exactly yeah. cobra is so expensive yeah. it's it's the and and that, that's the funny thing about cobra too it is like it tends to be framed to folks as like part of their severance packages Fuck but no. it's just a fucking yeah. curse it's um, it's, but but like cobra is like they got you by the balls it's it's it's, <laughs> yeah. un, it's unsurprising yeah. To me, though. Oh, so I'm excited. Yeah, yeah very I'm excited. So sorry. Oh. No, it, I mean, it's, look, I'm living that COVID no, life at the moment. So yeah, it's it's actually like I have incredible yeah. insurance, so I'm like I'm grateful for it because it'll yeah. give totally. me something good. But. It, it it's it's unsurprising to me though that 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 this generation, our generation, um, that has seen like the like the devolution of labor in this country and the way that companies lie, cheat, and steal to classify us as anything but full time mm, workers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like we 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 really see like the the exact like contours of like how the ACA like falls short, who it doesn't yeah, cover. It, yeah. And as a result of it, we go to the market and we see these plans that are like okay this is $300 that gets me virtually nothing but is it better for my peace of mind to feel like I have insurance than pay that penalty and um, the answer is like maybe, maybe. And, then, and, then yeah. if you, and then if you do have mm-hmm. a shitty insurance plan you know I'm saying this completely hypothetically throw out whatever someone's personal decision for getting this mm-hmm. so you have a shitty insurance plan then you are another number that they can count in their big me- everyone's insured mm-hmm. message and yeah. it's like you don't have One, objection I, 100% I want to sorry for we sorry, like, I want to yeah. so, so roll sorry. it back just a second because <laughs> sure. I do think there's an interesting connection here um, that I will make so I wonder, and this is something I've thought a lot about, if if more people, it's so interesting, it's curious to me, really, mm-hmm. that the number one voting issue almost all the time mm-hmm. is healthcare. Sure. It's a huge, huge- Well, it certainly just seems to be this election. Was it 
And I think it, I mean, 2018 20, was a big topic. I don't know if it was 2016 20, We just had too much shit going on. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. Feel, I feel like the, the calculus of all of this is like nationally healthcare was big, but then like immigration was big in the swing but states. It, it yeah. does feel like it's gotten I think, bigger I think since this 2018. Year. I think this right? year it's mm-hmm. definitely the, yeah. um, I mean, it's and, led and this all year of the it debates feels, so far. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does feel like it's, it's really um, relevant. I wonder, it's so curious to me that that could be the thing that everyone's really interested in. And mm-hmm. yet, I think still, I find there's a disconnect between the, like, like what I would hope is that a political movement mm-hmm. would also follow a, would also carry a social, like, civil rights justice movement. Sure, for, yeah. In conversation disability and, yeah. around disability and illness and what mm-hmm. that means in people's lives. Yeah. Totally. And it's so interesting to me that there has been this strong disconnect for people. Yeah. That it's still this like them language. Yeah. Like I th- oh, around disability. And yet, how can you even say that when, or like talking about illness and disability, how can you even say that when like you're the most concerned about your health insurance plan? Like, mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know. It just is, it's, curious to me that there's that disconnect and maybe it's because health is one thing and like caring for your health is one thing and like dealing with illness and disability is another thing daily health and health of your family can feel like one thing especially if you don't have someone immediately with a disability or a chronic illness and then another thing is like a lifelong yeah right like to me they are the same my my issues with health insurance and my curiosity about that is how we're going to fix that in our country also directly pertains to the fact that I am a preconditioned mm-hmm, right. person totally. um, who like is basically mm-hmm. like SOL if I don't have a job mm-hmm. from a big employer that's going to give me really good health mm-hmm. insurance because of all of the issues, yes. medical issues I face. So sure. I don't know. Like, I is, think it's going to come set. I think it is almost naturally going to come second not right away but i mean i think health insurance is going to come first the same way i think health insurance the health insurance conversation was always going to happen before the conversation about but we have health insurance to like protect us from getting ill i just it's just so right, confusing but, to but me. we're going to have like long-term the health, care long-term as as part of like whatever the, the health, right the health care victory is and we're, and we're going to have the health insurance conversation as well before we ever get to the conversation of the fact that our actual care in America mm-hmm. is also has incredible flaws. Like sure. I think those things are going to follow. I I, th- I think that people just think on some people that are healthy. I think that people that are healthy think that people with disabilities are just like taken care of, and that's like not up for debate at all on like some kind of level, and it's just not. True. But they're just not even taken care of in daily society. One hundred percent. We see that. When they just hear like Social Security, Medicare, and, I, and they I think like it's even they're say all good. There, like I, yeah. I don't want to use a language of like them. We're, or, we're, in, like, we're in that day. We're, we're in the. Yeah. We're in the day. We're in the so day. It's because feel, we've been other mm-hmm. from the same things. So yeah, like, yeah. I feel like mm-hmm. it's it's hard because it's like even the way mm-hmm. we speak about it, I think informs how we healthcare. The healthcare system that I. I I'm not sure this is the conversation. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to talk about my stance on on healthcare, which is um, it's quite simple. Um, 
I am yes. I am an absolutist when it comes to Medicare for all. Nothing short of Medicare for all is acceptable yes. to me. I I I have a lot of yes. Can com- complicated sure. feelings and, about and, that, and but... I think that that's it's completely okay to have complicated feelings. I think that there's a lot of reasons to have those complicated feelings. But um, here's what I'll say: um, the media, Republicans, even some Democrats that are running, like to talk about um, polling that's being done on Medicare for all, what's popular, what's not popular. Um, when polls are favorable to Medicare for all, I, I like talking about those polls too. The reality is that like everything is all over the place and it has as much to do um, about how the question is phrased. Right, right. And just because like, look, like like people don't, our healthcare system, part of why the rot has been allowed to exist as long as it has is because it's absolutely arcane. There is like an entire cottage industry of bureaucracy that's around it. And if you want proof that nobody actually understands what we're talking Talking about when we talk about healthcare, look at the fact that consistently in polling, if you ask people how they feel about Obamacare versus how they feel about the Affordable Care Act, the yep. difference can often be double digits. When really? it is in fact, for everyone yep. who's listening to this, the same exact thing. So, <laughs> yes. like, how can you square that? Except that the American people don't actually know what they're talking yes. about here, and that the better message, and in fact, the better messenger, is going to be what prevails here. That's always going to be something that a to just big money, they'll always be able to like have their attack ads, have their sure, politicians sure. Yeah. get that framed and, and and kill any sort of like progressive measure with respect to healthcare. But this is about something that we have a moral imperative to do, no matter the cost, um, rather than something that we should equivocate on and fail everyone. Okay, uh, so <laughs> I'm I'm interested in your political take on Medicare for all, but I'm also <laughs> perhaps even more interested on your take on like what would what it would it take do you think societally to kind of like bring conversations around disability and illness into more of a center focus sure um i i think it i think it's a i think it's a slick campaign around um getting people to come forward and speak more about being under this umbrella right it kind of feels it kind of feels very much like it need, it needs to be like a I don't want to mm-hmm. say I don't want to even use totally. the the like language well, of coming out no, 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 because no, no, no. that's totally different. But, I, it, but I, it's, like, and that's kind of what started, and it's incredibly mm-hmm. slow moving. But I would, if I can just add something, yeah, go for what, it. What that we've talked about this a couple times before in different contexts, which is I think I think we're seeing the very beginning of it. You're absolutely right that it is slow as fuck and slower than any other civil rights movement to happen in America. Yes. Um but. I think the reason it is going to go so slow is something we've talked about before, which is healthy people or people who consider themselves, you know, healthy in some regard are, um, it's not just a, a belief or, or an idea, but it is at their core as people to not acknowledge their own mortality, acknowledging sure. your own mortality yeah. and your physical fallibility is like the number one like human weakness. I totally agree with that. I think part of, to your point about like expanding the umbrella, getting people to like come out, so to speak. um, I think I have to say for you, like this feels a little bit like a coming out. I will know. I mean, I mean, I mean, it just feels relevant. Yes. 100%. I I had a blog uh, early on in my career where uh, I talked about my hemophilia and I got really, really, um, uh, unequivocating advice from someone that I really cared about 
um, that or who I trusted as like sort of a mentor figure, that that was a mistake for me professionally to be that open about it. If yeah. I ever wanted to like be yeah. a leader at a company and be trusted to be able to like sign on at 10 p.m. And of course, the irony is it's that like, like you so and I, stupid. Kendall, like from what I know, like we were we like truly were available <laughs> like at all hours of the day. Yeah, and, 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 the and we're likely the, the sickest. Um, <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so 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 anyway, um, on 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 the topic of I was not too precious about my sleep. One hundred percent. We no, we couldn't be. Um, but but uh, but I but I'd I'd say too that um, I think that's important just because I think about the conversation that's starting to like really happen but isn't right that now. The same is is that not the same kind of fear that people had about saying that they were gay? Uh, y- yes. Um, the, the fear that like oh, what will this have repercussion wise on my professional ambitions or what will this have repercussion wise on my personal relationships Mm -hmm. to my knowledge and remove this if it's wrong but you can actually be uh fired for being queer in this country as it stands right now versus you cannot be fired for being a person with disabilities you cannot be you can yes i think that's accurate Mm -hmm. according to the recent aclu case um in the supreme court Mm -hmm. the um the thing I would say is that you cannot be hired. One hundred percent. That you you show and people also, uh, as they do with a lot of uh, labor laws in America, find their loopholes. But, sure, 100% and I also think loopholes. Yeah. I, well, you also see this with like pregnancy, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, totally. you know, women who leave and come back. It's like all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's not a, the same space for you, and there's not you know, I, there's I, other ways. But one hundred percent. But think, yes, directly. Yes. Yes. I, I so 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 I th- I think that there are there are ways that like I'm do- I'm not trying to say that one is farther along than the other. I, I, I'm trying to say that like there there are sort of different. It, it's it's a little bit different. I think there's like the cultural and then the political, mm-hmm. and it feels like well the ADA is still a mess, but mm-hmm. col- but politically we have resources mm-hmm. that I think we don't have culturally. I think that's ex- that's exactly what I was going to say. Like on paper, the movement is a lot farther than it is in people's hearts and guts. Yeah, totally. Um, and um, what I well, say, yeah, about- and they don't even follow the the ADA laws. Mm-hmm. Like, how totally. many buildings in this, this city are not uh, ADA totally. compliant? How, how, right. I I think about the fact that like I could be a perfectly capable worker, but if my disability prevented me from getting into a building and my office had no real dispensations for being able to telecommute, like I'm shit out of luck. Um, right. But I guess also, like what 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 kind of workplace do you get when you you telecommute and everyone else is. In, in the in art, no, 100%. I mean, yeah. like, I, I think about that yeah, so, 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 yeah. so much. Um, what I'll say on, on, on top of that, too, is that when I first started in the workforce, which was when I graduated college in 2011, um, the concept of a mental health day was alien to folks. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now it's 2019. And that's something that, like, I feel comfortable asking for and that others feel comfortable asking for. And honestly, a big. That's amazing. A, 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 a big part of that, though, and this is very hot takey, I can't prove this with stats, but a big part of that is how we expanded the definition of like uh maybe like like uh, issues with mental, mental health to also include yeah. anxiety oh absolutely um, yeah so once people started to um realize that this thing that happened to them them getting anxious whether it's because they're prone to anxiety attacks or because they had too much coffee and spiraled out of control or like whatever it ends up looking like they suddenly were able to feel like they were 
one part of this like w- what is basically a spectrum mm-hmm. and we're able to see like oh people who maybe have bipolar disorder people who have schizophrenia like these are more extreme versions of that to be sure but like I in this like one limited way am like them and as a result we were I think we're starting to have more and I, I don't think get, we're, we're not definitely having, them, but, having yes. more of a mental health revolution absolutely totally. it's, I will it's say, leapfrogging a mm-hmm. little bit but I will say personally like I think for me, and I can only address uh, address what what I would think like culturally speaking. Like, I feel so much more comfortable saying I'm physically sick than saying I'm having yes. yeah. health so, issues right now. Yeah. So, so for those of you who don't, Kendall, I I believe identifies as a woman. I identify I as do, a man. Yeah. Um, and I think that there is a gender component here too, right? Like I, yeah. when I say, if I say I like need to take a mental health day, I'm more likely to like, likely not like whether or not employers are like likely to, um, what I'm trying to say is if I were to take a mental health day, I think I'd be patted on the back for doing it and allowed to do it. And I would have uh, a lot smaller of a fear of reprisal than women who come to the table yeah. and it's the traditional. Really? You guys think that? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like you, like, like the concept of hysteria, oh, but, right? Yeah, like, yeah the, door, the door is still much more open with sexism for even, if a woman says that. Even if it's like, I, 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 I sometimes think that like men might have a harder time because it, it looks like they might have a harder time coming to, to it, it themselves, but, but the reception there, is yeah. we still have this serious. authority. Mm-hmm. We still have this like implied authority yeah. of like we know what's going on with us. And with women, there's still questions about yeah. And that speaks to a very very oh, astute that's point. Fucked up. <laughs> yeah, no, but it speaks to a very very astute. I thought you guys were gonna say the opposite. No, honestly. no, 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 no. no. It, but it, it it speaks to an astute and insightful point that you made earlier, which is that like. It's just weird culturally and politically, like the way that you pull in the matrix of like cultural, um, political progressive regressive like all of these different like movements of marginalized folks are at different spots in that in a way that like i don't know you see them intersecting in real life and in in real time and so they like the those are all the inputs and then they output all these like weird stigmas mm-hmm. in certain ways and weird acceptances in other ways like, totally 100 percent but it's interesting. I do feel like culturally speaking, like I see a lot of women like write about like or tweet about therapy or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I don't know. I I also am like very excited for mm-hmm. mental health to be like very part sure. of the illness, disability, health yeah. community because I feel like it naturally mm-hmm. broadens the umbrella in a really positive way. Um, I agree and it should. I, 100%. No, I completely agree. And, and I think I want- it helps mental health as well because mental and physical health both are one and the same totally and 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 why i bring that up is that maybe there's lessons there for like i don't know for for people with like uh physical disabilities if that's maybe the right way of contrasting that against like a mental health disability of like Mm -hmm. goals of how to yeah sort of move the the thing forward. I, i would also just like to add though um obviously mental health is is huge right now but we're kind of like stuck in this weird gear where we've let it become this catch-all and i don't think Mm -hmm. it's gonna stay like stay here forever but i think right now in 2019 we're in a very weird place where it's become this catch-all it's become so um broadened on the ground level where like no one 
ever can really say for sure what another person means when they say mental health. And when you do get specific, what you see most of the time is people mean like depression or anxiety. And that both in their clinical definitions and in sort of their like looser cultural definitions. And what is way, way, way behind, which may take, which may like be the thing that, that holds up the train while everything else, while health, physical health progresses and insurance progresses is like the actual broader mental health totally. conversation. When you talk about, um, disorders and identities outside of depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. which is a much more varied and complicated thing, which there is definitely not room in the culture for to mm-hmm. like really get into at this stage. Like it's super hard for, yeah, for someone to come in. I also think that there's like, there's, there's such a range of experiences. Mm-hmm. And I feel like um, I'm, again, I'm like really, I, I am like a really big umbrella person. Um, though sometimes being a big umbrella person makes me really mad. Um, <laughs> no, totally. Um, I'm like, mm, that's not a thing. It, <laughs> like, it, it, I catch myself doing that all totally. the time. Totally, it's I'm like, <laughs> it's like it's it's a net good, but it does create problems. I yeah. would say is like maybe how I think about like the umbrella approach and like look like even with like being LGBTQIA plus, there are like if I'm being honest, and I'm obviously not going to name names, but there are like celebrities who like live like live lives where they're ostensibly like cis and like their partner is also cis and like of the opposite um, gender and like they identify as um, queer and it's like... Right. Um, yeah, it's like and, what's kind of going on? Yeah. No, totally, but it's like... like that that's sort of the like the 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 voter fraud of these movements right. where it's like that and that is like the exception and there's always going to be that. that but it's and like we do more good by having by not gatekeeping right. uh, than we do yeah, by that's by a doing I need it. to yeah. teach myself and i think that's kind of what i mean on the mental health side is like it's definitely a good thing not to gatekeep and it's probably net positive it's like but it does net positive that like everyone tweets about therapy right mm-hmm. but it like the places where like it sort of raises my eye like where it gets me on a personal level mm-hmm. is when people are talking about mental health and it's like the majority of the conversation goes one way goes to you know um anxiety disorders or or depression and then i think about like people i know our friends i have who have uh much more serious Mm -hmm. um in terms of the way that they're treated and received Mm -hmm. and much harder to manage mental health disorders who can't go to their um hr or their place of work Mm -hmm. to get the help that they need have you know it's just like it's it's not the same across the board and it does feel weird when like the first rush of people start to like Mm -hmm. co-opt in certain ways those are the places where it gets me and kendall to go back to something that you were saying later earlier rather later to go back to two of the future um (laughs) um you you were talking about how the conversation that we're having around healthcare now is um leaves out the people with disabilities people that like whose considerations are like i just think it it leaves out the greater conversation of the movement Mm -hmm. it's like we're we're being so selective in what we're paying attention to we're we're keeping the conversation in like a very practical like legislative logistical area when it's like actually Mm -hmm. like a much bigger even like kind of ideological thing totally when this is also a chance to be able to like spotlight the people that the most desperately need this care i mean the whole thing about uh the affordable care act is that this would be people who are mostly healthy 
um, paying mm-hmm. to yeah. ensure people that were mostly sick, but that got lost in the entire conversation. That that that's the that's literally the entire mechanism of it. Like the many are yeah. Paying I mean, for everyone everyone has to be in the system. It has to all be an opt in system mm-hmm. in order to displace the cost of people like me. I, you know, I, heavy I, users. I wish that there were a, a way, and maybe it's like on a voluntary basis or something. I just like as someone who like. Um, in some ways uh, benefited from it in some ways like didn't benefit depending on like what point in my employment uh, you approach me during I I think about like okay to to go a click backwards here I think that I think that Republicans are like uh, the Republican Party is at this point like a book a quite like a a bald-faced evil party but I think that they are so much better than most Democrats are at exploiting what you get from voting for them there's a theory of change there uh, that is quite clear it's building a wall it's a Muslim ban it's things that like you don't need to get in the weeds on Um, and I, I think that there's there's with Democrats who are like actually helping people there's things that you can do around like seeing the stories of the people whose lives are are, are saved or ameliorated by these policies but I, I don't know if we really care we, we should like that yeah that's, we should that's but the I don't thing think we do. And, and I don't think that and I don't and, think that that Democrats are trying to make people care right when we talk about Medicare for all like there's a little bit of that all that's like okay great that we're talking about all but what about the people and like if we you know like if we slowly expand down by age what if we expanded as we were doing down by age what if we did up by need at the same time like wouldn't that be a really really great way of making sure that there was a special dispensation for the people that need this the most to be at the center of this and to be like to never lose sight of the fact that this is as much about like a middle class family in Michigan as it is about um, a single parent in New York City who cannot uh, work three jobs because of her disability but needs to anyway and has found a way to make this make this work. I mean, hmm, it's hard. I'm like, I want a political win mm. or like maybe a political win is more interesting than centering the conversation around people who people don't care about but but but, but to your we point know. there's there there ought to be a way into this that like yes all yes we all benefit from this yes that's so important i just wish that there were a way to to your point to talk about like the few and the people that like need this but the also most. just like culturally talk about it like, yeah let's just like start a cultural conversation 100 illness and disability in a way yeah. that's like accessible to people but, uh, in a way that like people I, mean, I think want. that's what we're well, that's what we're trying to do. Yes, exactly. And so happy to be a part of that. And and yeah. I, I wish that, um, I don't know, I, I, I think about the last debate and what the questions were and what the talking points were. And it's like, don't get me wrong, a few of those questions needed to be asked. I'm not saying like the New York Times and CNN did like a bad job. I don't think that overall they did. But I do think that like one of the problems right now with coverage is that it's like, it's so just sort of like Washington and New York deciding what most Americans care about and not like reflective of this system where like a, 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 a fraction of a percentage of Americans actually decide who's in the White House. And so what if we thought about that not as a geographical consideration of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, Florida, but as a consideration of um, disabled people, people with disabilities, wherever they live. Right. Um, And that's, I totally agree with that. And that's when you see like conversations in the debate around healthcare, you know, no one can talk for a second without 
it immediately turned to, okay, tell me how you're going to pay for totally. it. Tell me, you know, the logistics of what this affects. How do you roll it out? How many years? And there's there's no room to talk about like, okay, step one, like mm-hmm. what what is the actual need for yeah. this? Like, w- you know, let's talk about why we're even doing this over, you mm-hmm. know, whatever other option that we're talking about. The, this 30,000 people, if the punditry is right, about 30,000 people in Wisconsin will have an outsized say through the press, through political advertising, through where people campaign in the 2020 election. But there are millions and millions of people across the country who have disabilities. And the fact is that we have, if we, if our system were truly democratic, they, they, we, however you want to describe that, like there'd be more of a say there and there'd be more of an effort to figure out how to meet those needs. But we just don't have that system. Um, right. And it would take... So, I mean, if people like rallied, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if people really tapped into like mm-hmm. that conversation, the numbers are actually sure. astronomical. Uh, yes. You know, the numbers are huge. Uh, the number of people who uh, it, this applies to. I, I, this, this is um, like, I, it's actually so and funny because this, this, this is, is mm-hmm. my point of the podcast and why it's mm-hmm. been so exciting to do. And like, we've gotten a lot of feedback. It's like even the people that don't, immediately feel connected to it personally Mm -hmm. like have a very important person in their life that does feel connected to it so it's like it's it's all over the place Mm -hmm. we just don't really see these people throughout 2017 um i'm trying to think about how i can tell yes okay got it throughout 2017 when i was um heading up mike's political desk um there were mike.com <laughs> uh, they both were like mike.com yeah, mike.com when i was Michael? Up, when i was heading up mike.com's um political <laughs> coverage in 2017 uh during the many um republican attempts to repeal and replace or at one point just repeal the affordable care act um if you turned on your television, if you'd read the news, you saw activists uh, with disabilities and activists who were allies with people for disabilities, like staging die-ins, storming Congress, they still and do being that. fucking yeah. dragged still, out, still in does hand, it, being yeah. dragged out of their wheelchairs, still, and like they still do it. But here, so after the first one happened, um, my team and I were like, we've got to make sure that we are at the forefront of that coverage. The next time it happens, and the next time it happens. And each time it happened, the the people that were the 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 people that were organizing it, um, we'd reach out to them like oftentimes like the night before the vote to see what they were doing. And one of the questions that like I personally would ask them was like, "Are we're not the first to ask you about what we're doing? We're not the first like of the Washington Post, CNN, New York Times." And they said, "No, you're the first. Even though they'd done it every time before, and even though it made headlines, we were always oftentimes like the night before, we were like the first to reach out and say, "Are you doing this diet?" So the press would report about it as it happens. It was a compelling, visceral, powerful television. It was an important story. It was lives on the line. But like nobody, despite the many times that it happened, and despite the fact that it was something that you could no sort of anticipate. Because they didn't care, and that, I, that I was re- the thing. Absolutely, I remember watching those stories. Like it was good was... imagery, but they didn't want any it, interviews. It, 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 or was, something? it was less that they didn't want any interviews, and more that just like I don't know, it was seen as spectacle and not at something that gets not at, at the heart of people's lived experiences oh, in this country. I, yeah. I, I, I can't in a similar vein. Um, I can count on all of my digits and then some how many of my friends can talk about like 
Joe Biden, Liz Warren, Bernie Sanders is polling numbers in South Carolina with respect to black voters, but I can't name three that can tell you the issues that matter to black voters. And that matters. We right. have a politics that is top down numbers who's showing up, what the percentage of voters are, so forth and so on, exit polls. But we don't have a politics that cares about like what your life is like unless you're in a diner in a swing state. Which is how we fucking missed in 2016 anyway. And no one seems a to part care. of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Like, yeah. Sorry, Maybe we should Kendall, start a political podcast. But I was just going to say that we, yeah, we should, um, we're just keeping political on this. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but but I guess, sorry, just the, the through line in all of this is, is again, what if we cared about the millions of people who already identify as having disabilities and the millions more people who could could identify identify that way, which I think is, yeah, what you're talking about with with the culture movement is sort of convincing people to identify, do have it or Mm -hmm. don't think they do. It's convincing Anthony Smith. To identify. Well, well I don't know. As, as long as I would, <laughs> as long as I would be helping and not displacing, I'm. Yeah. I'm happy to say I'm Anthony Smith. I think. I, I think numbers are powerful. I do. Yeah, definitely. Number numbers are absolutely powerful. I just like it's. Um, to quote a senator that I like very much, it it it's it's not me, it's us, right? So it'd be in in the right. service of that, and I I get so itchy about like becoming the um well i guess as as i get older and my face melts um it's not but i get itchy about becoming like the the face of stuff i it was certainly when i was younger and like openly queer from like a very very young age like that i i don't know i'm i just like i i for a lot of reasons i like i I seem like someone who likes the spotlight, but I, I don't. Um, and I just, I want to make sure that like what's being done here isn't we all pat ourselves on the back for like participating in like the day of silence, so to speak, with respect to whatever this might be, but right. actually like focus on like what are the action items? What are the political victories that we need here beyond awareness, beyond identification? What do we actually want? Yeah. And need. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree I think, with that. I think to your, it's not like that you're happy to identify if it helps the cause like i think that that was kind of the turning point for me Mm -hmm. honestly it was like oh actually maybe i should take ownership of this a little bit more because Mm -hmm. if i put on my twitter bio like you know i've had two liver transplants or something like maybe that helps get people organs Mm -hmm. like if i identify with disability in in a way even if it makes me kind of uncomfortable to Mm -hmm. do so you know, yeah. because I'm still like either a ashamed of like my own, you know, illness or mm-hmm. or like just don't really love identifiers in yeah. general. Like maybe that is mm-hmm. part of helping. That's a step, yeah. Maybe that is part of helping it at large because mm-hmm. I I I like the fact that in some ways I don't look like what people are expecting me to look. Mm -hmm. And then when I'm in, you know, a job setting or in in my life, like hope I, hopefully I I don't perform in the way that they anticipate Mm -hmm. that. Like they have a, they have a, um, there's a, like a link between like, Oh, if you're disabled, you can't do all of these things or like, you're not as going to be as like good in a job or as strong or Mm -hmm. as high powered. But like maybe if I identify that way, and force people to feeling feeling kind of safe me, yeah. myself um, because of all the privilege that I have. Mm-hmm. Like maybe that does change the perception. Sure. Right. Well, we've we've talked about that. We just talked about the big tent, and I think like we were saying there, um, you know, there are always going to be things that kind of like raise individual people's 
hackles, so to speak, about certain people jumping in, but it's always, I think at the end of the day, going to be a net positive. I think you see that with every kind of major movement concerns about, you know, who is the right person Mm -hmm. to get in here. And there's this language that happens sometimes where people say, oh, so-and-so type of person getting in is harmful if they're not um, checking a box the way that we sort of think they are. And I'm mm-hmm. not trying to say this to invalidate concerns like that. They come from genuine places. But I think most of the time what you see at the end of the day is masses of people, more people, strength in numbers, moves things along faster. Totally. No, I, th- I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think that if we're going to push for that, then what that also necessitates is that we have to think about what like what the goals are, what the policy wins are, what equality looks like in a ticky tacky way beyond like yeah. what those buzzwords are. Because that's the kind of thing that all of that energy is great, but it needs to be moving in the service of something. Um, and in like a same-ish direction. 100%. Wonderful. <laughs> well, Tony, thank you so much. Claps thank for you. Tony, everyone. Oh, stop. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Work it, make it, do it, makes us harder, better, faster, stronger. That, that, that don't kill me.